here today to talk about how I feel. And I feel like that we are treated differently than other people. And I don't like how we're treated. And just because of our color doesn't mean anything to me. I believe that... You're doing great. You're doing, you're doing a great job. Do not stop. We are black people and we shouldn't have to feel like this. We shouldn't have to protest because y'all are treating us wrong. We do this because we need to and have rights. That was a video of a little girl in Charlotte, United States of America, articulating her experiences of being black, which is so heartbreaking but revolutionary. And today we come together to say the words that black lives matter and the underlying issue that racism is still happening. And that is what we are going to talk about in today's podcast. If you have been consuming the news recently, offline or online, you would have heard of the name George Floyd. But if you haven't and you don't know who that is, it's fine. We will talk about it now. I won't judge you. So on the 25th of May, this man called George Floyd, who is an African-American man, died in somewhere in Minneapolis, Minnesota, in America. So he was handcuffed by a police officer um, lying face down on a city street uh, during an arrest. And the police officer by the name Derek Chauvin, who is a white American Minneapolis police officer, was putting his knee on like the right side of Floyd's neck for, um, I think, around eight minutes. So um, the thing is, it is against any kind of police officer training. It's not part of uh, an SOP. And Floyd was doing nothing wrong. And why it blew up completely all over the world is because this incident captured on camera is evident of how racism still exists in our society, in today's society. 
Um, you know, you would think we are far beyond the years of apartheid, but things like this still are still happening. Like Will Smith said, um, it hasn't stopped happening. It's just being filmed now. Uh, I'm paraphrasing, of course. But yeah, to see it on on a video, uh, and he, like Floyd was just like, he was trying to breathe and trying to ask for help, saying he couldn't breathe. And just to see him kneel on Floyd's neck, the police officer kneeling on Floyd's neck until he no longer breathes. So according to, you know, a medical examiner, they concluded that Floyd died from a cardiac arrest while being restrained with neck compression. And then I saw some, you know, headlines saying that Floyd had a history of other complications, like health complications. But the thing is, he actually died because of that specific action made by the police officer. So it was because of the neck compression made by the police officer on his neck. And, um, you know, the body camera that the officer was wearing, if you've seen it, you could hear him begging, saying, please, uh, saying he can't breathe, saying don't kill me. And at one point, I think he called out uh, his mom, saying mama or something. And to see him just lose his life on camera after eight minutes is just uh, it's inhumane and this is an example of an incident that is captured on camera but there are so many other incidences that are happening on the streets of um, USA or wherever in the world that are not being captured and this is a problem because racism is real and it still exists. Now, I know it seems far removed from us right now because we are here in Malaysia, at least I am. I don't know where you are listening to this right now, but you may think, oh, I'm not there or I'm not American, I'm not black, it doesn't affect me. I think you need to check yourself. I think you need to check yourself. If you don't feel anything, if you don't feel grief for another human being having to go through this, you need to check yourself. You need to check your friends and the circle that you're in and the people that you're friends with, the people that you hang out with. Something is not right. And do not for a second think that this is not happening in our backyard. It is happening, maybe in a different form, maybe in a different capacity, but it is happening. Whether it's, it's, it's whether or not you want to acknowledge it. That's how I put it. And whilst all of this is happening, you know, and I'm scrolling, I'm reading, I'm watching all these videos of people reporting about it. You know, um, one video made by Trevor Noah was amazing. He kind of like unpacked what was happening. And I think that was accurate. You should go and uh, check out The Daily Show on Instagram. He, he, he spoke extensively about this incident. But what tugged at my heart were the videos of the black families who have lost a family member um, due to police brutality. 
some of them are innocent, but they were wrongly accused of a crime simply for being black. And as per the video that I've shared with you in the beginning of this podcast, not only the black adults are feeling this on a day-to-day basis, but even the young blacks are trying to process the grief. They are they are so young and they are just now realizing that, man, my future is going to be bleak because of my skin color. And when you see a child realizing something like that, it's just heartbreaking. And I feel like maybe we have failed as a human race. We have not done enough and we have not spoken up enough. So I stand by this Black Lives Matter movement and I think we should allow black people to grieve, to speak up however they want. And this is not to say other races are not being oppressed. They are. I'm not dismissing that. But in this moment, we need to allow black people to be in the center stage and to be in the spotlight and get their issues across. So if you don't agree, stay quiet. And if you feel like in any way this is not affecting you as a human being, then that is privilege and you should check it. Otherwise, we should all stand behind this BLM movement because it reflects on us as a human race. And while all of this is happening in America, here in Malaysia, we have some ignorant tone-deaf people making statements that they shouldn't be making on a public platform, advertising their ignorant views. (sighs) Tell me, tell me how to deal with these people. This was what kept me up all night. And we are going to talk about it today. I am sure that you, dear listeners, are aware of the recent issue that blew up pertaining to a certain Miss Universe Malaysia 2017 and uh, the absent-minded and ignorant, super ignorant comments she has made on her social media platform. It has taken me overnight, uh, you know, some long hours of thinking and simmering my thoughts, trying to form a more comprehensive opinion about this and of course you know not another opinion who cares about what I think who cares about what my opinion is this was what she posted on her social media just for context for those of you who prefer not to be on social media so much and you've missed what happened in the last 24 to 48 hours so this is a recap Basically, she posted a few Insta stories, but this is the one that really got to me. She said, and I quote, To the black people, relax. Take it as a challenge makes you stronger. You choose to be born as a colored person in America for a reason, to learn a certain lesson. 
accept it as it is till now, hunger and poverty still exist. It is what it is. It's inevitable. Best you can do is remain calm, protect your heart, don't allow it to crumble. That's your responsibility. <laughs> Just reading it again right now really, really angers me, to be honest with you. And she continues to respond to people who, re who were responding to her in, um, I don't know, I think she's trying to take it easy or trying to be positive, but it's, it's really confusing. So this is what she said um, in response. I don't understand why Malaysians are so super bothered by it. Bro, we all okay only. Until now, we're doing just fine. So stop watching Netflix, please. And she continues to say, the very same people who fight for injustice respond in such ways. Such nasty comments. What a shame. I see the true colors now. Says everything about a person, how they respond to such situations. What a great lesson. And since then, a lot of people have been reacting and also attacking her on social media, on every platform there is uh, to lash out on. And in fact, um, a lot of old stories, uh, old screenshots of conversation and videos have resurfaced. Dude, honestly, if there's one thing I learned is never mess with netizens and people on the World Wide Web. People on the internet can be savage. So let me give you an example of the kind of attack that has been going around on social media towards her. So there's this tweet, I'm not going to say by who. It says, You are an ignorant racist being and you should be ashamed of yourself. And to the rest of the world from a Malaysian, we hear you, we will continue fighting for you and we will always welcome you. Hashtag Black Lives Matter. And while I'm not going to reveal the identity, um, just for the sake of it, this is a snippet of the video that has gone viral. Yo, I'm stunned. Like, isn't this the Miss Universe beauty pageant? Isn't it supposed to be all smiley, where everyone's friendly to each other and harmonious and you learn about other countries around the world? I am so confused. I'm so confused. Are these the people that we have been sending to beauty pageants? Is this actually what's happening behind the scenes? If that's the case, I'm saying cancel the Miss Universe beauty pageant. In fact, cancel all beauty pageants. I don't think in today's day and age, it is still relevant. In fact, it is taking us backwards in time. 
it is a form of oppression as well towards the gender. Honestly, it's so embarrassing. It's so embarrassing if you're wearing the Miss Universe sash, walking around, and this is how you're behaving. I would be so ashamed if I were you. And I'm not saying all beauty pageant contestants act like this or behave in the same manner. No. But to begin with, beauty pageants are archaic. It refers to the most old age beauty standards and the most discriminatory beauty standards there is in the world. And what are we teaching our children? That you have to look a certain way, to speak a certain way, to be accepted into a certain top percentage of the society, you know, to have a better future. Like, what does it, what does it say to our younger generation? It doesn't say anything at all, apart from being a hub for predators like Trump. But that's only one part of the argument. Ever since that, also, various kinds of attacks were directed towards her. And this is another problem. As a user of the internet, as a society, we shouldn't be so quick to attack. This is a problem. We are so quick to attack. It bothers me to see that people just love to see pain in other people. They take enjoyment in crushing someone's career or like crushing someone's influence and reputation. While this Miss Universe specifically, I 1000% do not agree with her, I still feel that there is a line between calling her out, trying to enlighten her, and cyberbullying. There's a thin line between telling her that you don't agree with her opinions and bullying her online. And I feel this is where we can improve as a society, which is to learn to agree to disagree. And I know it's hard, but it needs to be learned. While her views are baseless and unresearched um, and uncultured, that is still not a justification for you to be attacking her in the way that she's being attacked now. Since we're here and we're talking about race and racism, um, I'd like to recommend some books uh, that's not just read by me but also recommended by others that might help you understand um, race and racism, everyday racism, uh, so much better. Um, you might also want to look into the study of intersectionality which was first introduced by Kimberly Crenshaw. I think that could help also for you to understand um, the overlapping elements of a human being, you know, the race element, the gender element, and how one person um, might be even more oppressed. For example, a white female might not be as oppressed as a black female, um, that sort of thing. I can get uh, into deeper with that if you'd like to so just let me know um, in the comments I wouldn't go into detail right now I would just like to leave you with some book recommendations that you might want to check out or you might have read this um, but just for the sake of everyone so um, so some of the books that I would recommend you to read for more um, understanding of race uh, the first one that I really love is called Why I'm No Longer Talking to White People About Race by Rennie Edo Lodge. 
I read this book when I was studying in the UK and it was published in 2017 when I was there. And her voice and her writing resonates so well with the current situation that they were facing at that time in 2017. I felt like she was talking to me. It was set in Britain because uh, Edo Lodge was writing about her frustration with the way, you know, that discussions of race and racism in Britain were being led um, by those who actually weren't affected by it. So um, she started writing a blog, I think, with the exact same title, Why I'm No Longer Talking to White People About Race. And I think the post went viral, you know, and comments flooded from other people who were desperate to speak up about their own experiences. So it's not far removed from everywhere else in the world, although it was set in Britain. Um, I think a lot of her writing and experiences can resonate well with us here in Malaysia. Um, you know, as a person of colour or POC in Britain today, they still face a lot of discrimination at the workplace, in in housing. So when you read this book, you'll understand, you know, because she explores issues like um, black history to white dominance in politics, whitewashing feminism, you know, and the links between class and race, which apparently is still happening. And like I said, it's not far removed. So... Perhaps there's something that we can learn from there. Uh, and the way that she narrates is, is so easy to read. And I recommend this highly. If you want to read something that's perhaps against the backdrop of our own um, country, you might want to read The Weight of Our Sky by Hanan Alkaf. So on a description, basically the synopsis is that it is uh, about a music-loving teen with OCD. Um and does everything she can to find her way back to her mother during the historic race riots. Uh, and you guys know this, right? Um, May 1969 in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. So uh, this book unpacks that. I have not read this, but a lot of people recommend it to me. And uh, I think some people have shared on their social media in light of whatever ha whatever is happening right now. So I think I might want to read this. Um, I will leave all the links to where to get all these books uh, in the description. Two other books that I'd like to recommend. Um, one is called I Will Not Be Erased. It was written by Galdem. So me and my friend Arena, we went to see um, the founder of Galdem speak during I think it was International Women's Day and she was amazing so Galdem is actually an award-winning online and print magazine which was created by women and uh, non-binary people of color so in the book basically it's about a life-affirming um, moving and joyous collection of you know essays uh, I think there, there, yeah, there are 14 essays in it, and Galdem's talented writers use raw materials from their teenage years, you know, diaries, poems, chat histories, to kind of give advice to their younger selves and, you know, those growing up today. And of course, this is against the backdrop of Britain. But there, you know, this collective is really huge in Britain. 
in London specifically, uh, the essays tackle important subjects like race, gender, mental health, that is oftentimes a byproduct of racism, and also activism. And I think you should uh, give this a try. Another book that I like to recommend that is, um, I don't know, I think it's super popular already. But if you haven't read, you should. Uh, it's called Born a Crime, Stories from a South African Childhood. And it's written and also narrated, if you if, if you prefer to listen to it, um, by the author himself, Trevor Noah, who is also a stand-up comedian. I think it's amazing. So those are some of the books that I'd like to recommend. We should all do our part to be more educated about this um, so that if we want to use our voice to speak up also, we do have the tools, um, quote-unquote, weapons and information and knowledge uh, and experiences to actually speak up about it in the right way and manner. So, you know, there are so many other books out there that talks about race and racism. And if you have any of your own suggestions, please do share so that it benefits others as well and myself. And I'm also continuously conscious of my privileges, con constantly checking my privileges living here in Malaysia. Not to say that, you know, I don't face everyday racism or gender bias. I actually also do. But it does not in any way allow me to justify, you know, having certain privileges. And I acknowledge that. And I urge you to think about this as well. And I think this is why understanding your intersections is very important as it helps with how you perceive oppression and privilege in the context of wherever you are. So, yeah, if you'd like for me to talk more about this or if you'd like to join this, the, the discussion about you know, topics like this, let me know so I know that this is something that piques your interest. To end this episode, I'd like to leave you with a thought. All of us need to rethink the definition of influencers or key opinion leaders, or at least rethink who we give these titles to. And people who are influencers or key opinion leaders shouldn't be calling themselves influencers. I think that term has to be gained from the people rather than being self-proclaimed. Um, the people will have to give these titles um, through the people they think represents them. Because quite honestly, these are the people who will go out, and re go out and represent the country. Like for this case, um, specifically, the Miss Universe Malaysia will go and represent Malaysia in the international beauty pageant. So I think we need to be careful of who we choose to represent us. Because what's for sure is that by no means... Does her opinion reflect the way that Malaysians in the majority think or feel or behave? Not at all. I, I know some people do think like her uh, and agree to her opinion or, you know, somewhat agree. But there are a lot of people also who do not agree. And I think there are a lot more Malaysians who are not racist. So I'd like to leave you with a quote from Michelle Obama. 
race and racism is a reality that so many of us grow up learning to just deal with. But if we ever hope to move past it, it can't just be on people of color to deal with it. It's up to all of us, black, white, everyone, no matter how well-meaning we think we might be, to do the honest, uncomfortable working of rooting it out. It starts with self-examination and listening to those whose lives are different from our own. And it ends with justice, compassion, and empathy that manifests in our lives and on our streets. I pray that we all have the strength for that journey, just as I pray for the souls and the families of those who were taken from us. So, dear listeners, if you're not sure how to respond, listen. If you're not sure what to read, research. If you're not sure what to do, donate. Not sure becomes not my problem, and it's not enough to be not sure when racism is still taking lives. Thank you so much for listening in till the end. I really appreciate it and I know this is slightly different than our normal programming. But if you have any comments or suggestions or ideas, do let me know on Instagram at Gangadis or you can always email me at hello.gangadis at gmail.com. See you soon. Bye.